This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, everyone. It's Brian King, Millwall goalkeeper from 1967 to 1975. I spent the happiest years of my playing career at the Den and I'd love to share some of the memories, stories, and personalities with you in my new book, The Lion's King. In my time, I've met some amazing characters, including Harry Cripps, Barry Kitchener, Sir Alf Ramsey, as well as the great Gordon Banks and Lev Yashin himself. My book is packed with laughs, tears, tragedies, and triumphs. So join me in my journey down Cold Blow Lane and beyond, The Lion's King, available now for $19.99 at www.littlehellbooks.com. That's www.littlehellbooks.com. Come on, you lions. You're listening to Achtung Noor. Hello and welcome to your latest edition of Acton Millwall, the real Millwall fan show with me, Aaron Paul. And um, well, it's 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 a small team today. We're, we're, it's the five-a-side edition, kind of. <laughs> if you look at like the grand scheme of things, if you scale it down. We're like the 11 side edition, usually with three of us. So we are the five-a-side edition today. Uh, it's myself, of course, and uh, and the one and only, the man himself, the podfather. Um, he's big on OnlyFans. The ladies love him. It's Nick Hart. Greetings, dear listeners. It's it's a small team. It's small but perfectly formed. But we will be, by the magic of Garage Band, inserting Mr. Mike Hayden, who I'm going to be speaking to later. Yeah, um, so it's not entirely just Aaron and myself. Well, that's a pretty good turnout, I think. Aaron, Paul, and Nick. Oh, that's not a bad duo, is it? Happy days, happy days. The, the originals, mate. The originals. The originals, absolutely. He's, um, he's he, Nick. Well, Mike will be joining us via the interwebs a little bit later on. Um, I'll, mm. t- I'll tell you what. Should we shout out Harry? I think so. Harry's not well, listeners. Um, we won't go into detail. Um, but he's not well, and I want to just want to give Harry a shout out. He's a he's a He's a real character. He's a proper Millwall character. Some people, um, you know, react to him on, online and he takes it in good heart, but he's, he's not feeling up to much at the moment. And I don't know about you, Aaron, but when, when we're playing normally, we get like a, a, a maelstrom of WhatsApp messages whilst Harry plays out all of his personal um, <laughs> neuroses on the WhatsApp group. And there was nothing last night because he's not well. And it's, I, I kind of missed that, didn't you? 
Well, I mean, for me, like, you know, I, I always know that when I'm driving back from like work at one in the morning, yeah, you know, there's always someone there. Like Harry's always there to sort of chew the fat on, on anything. We could talk about whatever it is, you know. And and I'll tell you what, like, I know obviously, you know, we, we, we push out this podcast, what, every week, sometimes twice a week yep. out there. But um, I think we've built ourselves a good little unit, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. We yeah. have a laugh. We, I think we're pals now. We're, we're, we're really good friends. Absolutely. Now. And, you know, it's um it's a pleasure to be part of it. And, and, and Harry's such a big part of it, mate. He's a massive yeah. part of it, Harold. Young Harold, as I call him. Um, you know... The, the quicker he's back on this show, the better. Um, just get well soon, mate. Absolutely, get seconded, mate. Um, let's, let's get Harry back. So, um, nothing much to cheer us up last night, Harry, is there either? <laughs> so. exactly. Exactly. Well, there we are. Right, let's talk Millwall. Yeah, a gutty result last night, Aaron. Yeah. Was it five draws back to back? Yep. Looking like number six. Um, and then late 90 plus one minutes, I think. Um, it was a Ryan Woods error. I mean, I, I, I got slightly pulled up by one or two people online last night for kind of, um, I don't know if um, if it was perceived as criticism of Ryan Woods. I didn't think his performance was strong last night. And there's got to be some accountability in a game of football. He's an experienced pro. He's, he's been around the track a few times. And, you know, we can all make errors and mistakes, but his time on the ball in a, in a dangerous position on the field against... A fast and dangerous opponent. Blackburn, I thought, looked good, especially going forwards, Aaron. Um, gave away a goal. And, you know, it's going to be very, very, very hard to come back with, what, two or three minutes remaining in the match to go a goal behind like that. So it was it was a, a personal error on, on Ryan Woods, um, in my opinion. And I'll stand by that. Some might say that's been unfair in criticism, but I think you have to be accountable for these these moments. It's... We aspire to be a top-level team. That's the you know they all carry accountability with them, don't they? So um, that's that's what caused it. Um, it's a shame. Hard-working performance. A lot of hard work went into that that game last night, and it all got thrown away with um, with that silly error late in the game. They're, they're a funny side, Blackburn. Um, you know, like under 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 Mowbray, he's been given the time to actually sort of, you know, build a unit and he's built a half decent side there. They've got some really good names in there. Do you remember Lewis Holtby? Do you remember him? Yeah, he featured last night. Yeah. yeah. Um Spurs he began his career at, I believe. He's done the he's done the rounds a little bit, Lewis Holtby, isn't he? Lewis well yeah, he um he went to Spurs, he was at Fulham, Hamburg, Schalke, you know, and, and he's down there. Obviously, Bradley Dack, the one I think a lot of Millwall fans wanted to see at the den. Mm, um, yeah. Bradley Dack's there, Bradley Johnson, Stuart Downing, Adam Armstrong. There's some real solid championship names there. They managed to pick up Tom Tribal um, from Norwich as well. So you've got to give credit to, to Tony Mowbray. Although, for me, what really annoys me is the way that he just talks through his teeth all the time. <laughs> he's got he's, 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 um, he's got a very funereal expression he'd make a great actor in a Charles Dickens novel playing something like the owner of the local undertakers or something of that kind I just think he'd be ideal do you, do you reckon he'd be a good undertaker well with one of those old top hats and the black ribbons that, you know draped around it or something he's, I, I mean it's interesting I mean the you know with someone with such a a visage like he's got. I mean, I, I just think he's, um, that was an attractive Blackburn side. Going forwards, I think they, uh, half decent was a good choice of words on your part because I don't think they're quite as strong in defence and we didn't really test that part of the game enough for me last night. That's one of the, um, 
you know the the, the criticisms that I'd make of of, of the uh, of the choices last night by by Gary Rowett um, because we put a lot of graft into defending and we kept them at bay well really apart from obviously the, the goal which was a, a well taken goal by Blackburn on the break. But, you know, when we did test them, particularly in the last couple of moments of the game, when Matt Smith came into it and we were chasing, having gone back behind, I thought they looked a little bit, you know, easily rattled in defence. So, like a lot of teams around, and it's like a modern thing. Um, you know, they look better going forwards than they do defensively. I don't know why the game's evolved that way. You could take that from the top, couldn't you? I mean, Liverpool, I'd say, look a lot better side going forwards. And, and yet yeah, mm. they're attackable. Manchester City the same. You know, whatever level you're going to, it seems to be a trend in the game, which is... Um, Jake Cooper was a miss, right? Jake Cooper, first game missed in three years. What an achievement. I mean, I, I put on Twitter that it should be acknowledged as, as what an achievement that Someone is. Someone get him a plaque. So it's you know it's going down that road, isn't it? I mean, three solid years. I know. I think there was one League Cup game where he wasn't played; he was rested. But you know, you're talking about three years solid legal appearances in that time, and he's a mainstay of the team. I thought we missed him last night. I thought that both defensively and clearly in attack. You know, whenever we do get a corner, we're looking for the the presence of Jake Cooper and, and then Sean Hutchinson as a kind of a sidekick to him in, inside the penalty area. But I thought we missed missed um, Jake badly last night. Um, but so hats off to Jake. He's a, he's a, he's a great player. And, and he's, he's a player that's really developed, Aaron, under, under Gary Rowett. You know, absolutely come on leaps and bounds. Like a few others, but certainly certainly Jake is a standout for me. And we did miss him last night, sadly. But um, there, we, there we go. Um, it was great to see Marlon Romeo back in the side. Uh, you know, again, another player that... You can take for granted sometimes, um, but he hasn't been there for a, you know a few games now. And to see him back last night really brought some width. And that wonderful—I um, understand he's a fairly laid-back boy in personality terms, but he's developed the dark arts of the game. Falling over and winning free kicks is his. I said to my wife, and she wasn't all that interested, but I said it to her anyway. He's a master of falling over and winning the free kick. It's 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 from the the school of Neil Harris and before him Dennis Wise that ability to work a game, work a referee. And Marlon Romeo, I'll take my hat off to you because it was great to see that aspect of the uh, of the game back again last night for us at least. Yeah, um, looking at goals as well. I mean, obviously Scott Malone was was on the score sheet yesterday. Yeah, um, it's just. The lack of goals is just really, 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 really sort of getting to me now. I know obviously people are going to go, oh, why does he give a shit? But it's true. You know, I care. It gets to me. The fact that Scott Malone has now scored more goals than Tom Bradshaw, yeah. John Daddy Bodvarsson, Troy Parrott, and, and a few others is ever so slightly worrying. Well, this, um, is, this is one of the questions I posed to myself, and I want to pose it to you, Aaron. I want to pose it to the listeners out there because I sometimes catch myself in this uh, loop as to if, if you criticize the manager, are you, are you being destructive? Are you, are you kind of slagging off the team when it's in a, in a tight spot? We all know the injury crisis and we all know, um, you know, that the team last night wasn't the first choice side. We all know that. And, the, and again, the sight of the, uh, the, the substitutes bench shows, um, you know, the, the squad's thinness and its limitations. Um, and I can see there's an argument maybe to have started Troy Parrott and, and John Daddy didn't do badly last night, I thought, up front. But why is Matt Smith not featuring earlier on in the game where, you know, all, it's, it was a rainy night in Blackburn. Um, 
you know, it was not a night for the beautiful game. We're trying to play like at times like Barcelona and getting away with it at, at certain points in the game. We did just about get away with it. Um, but it's a night where you want to get the ball in amongst the, um, the, the you know, in, in inside the penalty area. And, and Matt Smith is a past master of that kind of approach. And I don't get, and I generally don't get why he's not playing as much as he should do. He's, he was our top scorer last season. He looked dangerous in the couple of minutes he had last night. And what, what are we looking for? What, what, okay, what, so I, I have a thought about this. Yeah, I have a thought about this. Is it simply a case of Gary Rowe is trying to change the style of play? He's trying to um, evolve into something like, you know, a di- completely different vibe effectively. Yeah, it, yeah. It's a different way of, of doing things. But put simply, he doesn't have the personnel to do it. He's trying to put square pegs in round holes. Whereas, let's be fair, Matt Smith is a very, very potent attacking outlet. You know, he, he he brings others into play. He brings the ball down, especially you lump it forward. He'll bring the ball down. Someone gets on the end of it. Bang, you've got yourself, you've got yourself something. I'm, I was watching the highlights of, um, of, of a couple of older games. And, you know, the way he does that is, mm. is absolutely phenomenal. You know, he can, well, I mean, obviously his height is, is, is a massive advantage, but yeah, the fact that he rises up so high, brings that ball down, and then, you know, it, it's left for someone to just tap in. Um, it's just like, you know... It causes panic, doesn't it's it? Just, it's just like, does it... Do, is Rowett being stubborn within his own sort of... Well, it's his right to be stubborn. Is he being stubborn and going, I'm not going to fucking change it. I'm not going to change it. I'm going to carry on doing what we're doing. We're just going to crack on, keep on cracking on. Is that what he's doing? Well, we, I mean, we've, I know we've raised this point a few times over this season, and I know it's um, you know it, it's it's debated online a lot. I think you're right. I think there is a desire to change the general approach to something. Some will call it more modern. Um, some will call this. You know, we watched Troy Parrott last night. Probably one of Troy's. Well, he's only made a few appearances, but this one he looked good last night. I can see what. Gary Rowett wants to achieve and players like Troy Parrott are you know they're physically imposing but they can also play a bit on the deck and they, he's got passing ability um, and so on you know he looks like the real deal I imagine that's the kind of player and we, some of the injured players Mahoney and, and um, Mason Bennett can play at a certain level and, and I get it but equally we in the here and now we we have the squad that we have and you know, as as good as I thought Troy looked last night, I didn't think he was effective in the in the in the danger area because we didn't create as many chances as I felt the the performance and the, and the you know the effort that was put in by the team defensively it, it, it deserved better than what we created up front. Um, that said, we looked we looked good in patches, Aaron. I mean, you know, we passed the ball nicely, and and you know, I can see. I can see the potential of Troy Parrott, but he's only still 18. And this was only his, I don't know how many games he's played. He's only about three or four games now. Um, so as much as you can see where the manager wants to take us, and I think we all get that, you are nevertheless trying to, um, you can you can do that for so long. But as, I would have loved to have seen Matt Smith come into that game last night, some point around maybe even the mid part of the second half, maybe a touch earlier. To get in amongst it, get some goals. I mean, if you if you put the ball, float it in, um, and we've got players now that can float the ball in. Marlon's back. You've got Jed mm-hmm. looking more, you know, more more enlivened, and you know Scott Malone can also get down the wing. 
um, I, th- I think it was Ryan on one of the shows previously said you don't have to be totally accurate with Matt Smith. You just need to get it in that penalty spot to six yard area, and he's going to make something happen. And you know, do it enough times, and he will get your goals. And that's to answer your point. Um, we're, 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 you know, we're, we're lacking goals, and as, as good as it looked in patches last night, and it did look good, we're still not creating chances, and we're certainly not scoring goals. Although that's, that's, what that's what I'm saying. Right now, are, are, is, are Millwall playing to the strength of the players they have, or are they just sort of trying to play a different style, but but not succeeding purely because they don't have the, the quality is just not there in terms of the front line. You know, I'd love to know sort of. The, you know, the calendar year, what the goals between uh, Bradshaw, Bodvars, and I don't think Parrott scored. I'm pretty sure in saying, I'm pretty confident in my own sort of knowledge saying, Brad, uh, Parrott hasn't scored a senior goal in his no, career. Hasn't. I don't think so. If he has, I'd, I'd stand to but be how correct. How can you pin your hopes on that? It how seems, it seems very, um, I'm trying to find the right word because um, I don't want to mis misportray. I think I think Gary Rowett's aim is good, and I think that his his purpose is to try to refashion the club, as you've said, mm, and, mm. and you're right, and and that take us to some higher level of play. And you can see it. I mean, there was there was a lot of times last night where we I, I keep checking myself to I keep sh- kind of going to shout at the screen, get the fucking thing forwards, get it forwards. Because we're, we're, we're knocking it around in defence, and I know that's the modern style, and I, I, I get it. But unless you're playing with really very, very high-quality players, you're dicing with death, it seems to me, a lot of the time. And equally, I know if you lump it forwards, um, your counter-argument is it's Blackburn will be coming back at you quite quickly. So, um, you know, I, I get the arguments. But um, I think at the moment, the team is set up with a certain approach. I think... It, under Neil Harris, it was probably fairly direct, maybe too direct, and could have done with a little bit more subtlety, which Gary has brought into the side. But we do lack. There's there's a there's a time and a place to get direct, and I think when your strongest attacking um, card is Matt Smith, you have to play to some extent to suit his talents, and he is a talented player, Aaron. You know, his his track record speaks for itself. On on often for us at least, very little game time. So I I don't get that. Um, I dare say um, if, if, if Gary Rarick was on our show, um, he could probably mount a couple of arguments as to why he doesn't want to play and start Matt Smith. Um, but coming from an outsider's point of view, look, Gary Rarick, he's, he, he did well at Burn, Burton, did mm-hmm. well at Birmingham. Let's be fair, he failed at Derby and Stoke. Be it that was board pressure or whatever, yeah. you know, um, he, 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 he went to Derby and and decided to leave because he thought Stoke was a, a a better job for him. Spent a hell of a lot of money at Stoke and and had to move on. Is he's coming here and he's basically he needs to reinvent himself. He really needs to reinvent himself. And he's, um, I think this is as much of a big project for him as it is for the club. And in the sense of like, he needs to try and say look guys, like at the end of this project, look guys, look what I did for Millwall. I changed them from being a route one team playing direct football to actually playing football on the deck, good quality stuff where we're knocking it around like Barcelona. And I think he's trying to do that. And he's, I think he's trying to implement a style. What I don't want to see is I don't want to see pure um, stubbornness mm. sort of overtake the need for results. Do you see what I mean? 
Absolutely. I don't want to see like, the club slip down the table. If you look at them now, I know obviously. Look, let's be fair. The championship table is 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 got like an element of schizophrenia to it. It changes every single week. But you know, Millwall thirteenth now. Last week or the week before, they were seventh, and they were a point or so, so behind sixth. You know, it was looking good, but there's just no consistency. No, they sign one player. One player they signed one player on a permanent. Um, and and they've gone out and 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 they've got themselves some loan deals and that's the problem with loans, you know you're you're hoping that a player will come good, you are hoping a player will come good, or and and stay fit as well. There's a reason clubs let players go out on loan. They're either not quite good enough for their first team or you know they're they're struggling to get sort of minutes around in and around the first team. Hence why Zahor left West Brom. He wasn't going to you know they they decided he wasn't going to be a Premier League player. Um, he did come from West Brom, didn't he? West Brom, yeah. yeah I mean, he did. I'm sure. I'm sure he came from West Brom, yeah. So, you know, I think there's some big, not questions to be asked. I think Gary Rout's got to look at himself and go, "Am I going to get backed in January? Am I? I mean, obviously, we, look, let's be honest. We've got to hope that there's plans in January to to strengthen the squad because the limitations are being opened up every single week every single week it's just proving it you know and then injuries players are dropping like flies now god help us if we get one or two players with covid or something like that and 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 then the squad's even thinner and then you're looking at the likes of like a billy mitchell mm. uh, a tyler bury to step up and 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 try and and try and make the difference but even then i look at it and i say it's a very 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 you know bottom heavy mill squad where you've got a lot, plenty in defence. The midfield sort of half decently packed, but up front, Jesus, there's there's nothing. There's nothing. It's it's really concerning where the goals are going to come from. It's, I mean, it's I, I think it's early, early in my opinion to be criticising Rowett's position at the club because I think this is still a working. No, progress. I don't. I don't think I'm. I mean, I, I don't hope you don't think I've criticised his, his position. No, no, well, but, but not then, at all because I think I think he's the right manager for the club. I think he's the right manager for the club. I just I want to see things done properly, effectively, in the sense of I want to. I really want him to succeed, like really fucking badly. Want him to succeed. I think the club deserves it. I think there's a there, this is a chance now for the club to really sort of push on to the next mark. I just hope he gets the right back in. I know, obviously, we've had COVID and whatnot, and it's difficult. It's difficult. The finances aren't there, and and you know, teams are hard. Teams are hard. They're struggling. They're struggling. But I think the recruitment needs to be better. Absolutely. I think Absolutely. The needs to be better. If Absolutely. you look at some of the clubs who are pulling players out, okay, I look at Coventry City. They've got a player called Gustavo Hart. I think it's Hamer. Some people call him Armer. He's a Brazilian midfielder. He came from PC Zwolle in, in, in Holland. Mate, what a fucking player. What a player. I, God knows how much I paid for him. It might have been well under a mil, but I mean, Someone like that, young, exciting, you know, he's got, he's ambitious. I saw him lead the charge to Coventry against Derby the other night. Derby are another club of, are guilty of shit recruitment. Shit recruitment. They knew they needed a forward. They went and got Colin Kazim Richardson. To be fair, he's actually been all right. But I look at someone else and I look at Luton Town. They beat Norwich 3 1 yesterday. Granted, they yeah, yeah, beat, decent result. Beat Norwich yesterday. Yeah. If you look at Mick Harford, Mick Harford is so integral to what they do because their squad will be nowhere without him. He's the one who goes out, finds the players and goes, yeah, we'll have them, we'll have them, we'll have them. 
And, mate, he's not buying world beaters. He's not going out there and going, yeah, I'll, I'll go, give me a Messi, give me a Ronaldo. But he's picking up players in, in, from clubs like Tom Lockyer from Charlton. Tom yeah, Lockyer from yeah, Charlton. Yeah, Good, yeah. really solid player. You know, they managed to pick up um, Union O'Kane on loan from Leeds. You know, James Bray, Reese Norrington Davis, you know, Jordan Clark is, 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 is a solid winger. You know, from Accrington, you know, Pelly Ruddock, I know that he's come through their academy. Fabulous player. He came through, through West Ham, I think, Pelly Ruddock. But, you know, fantastic player. They're, they're fashioning things. They're, they're, it's a very patchwork squad they've got. But they're doing the bizzo. I think, I mean, recruitment is an interesting point. In fact, it's I was 11 just... tenths of the law, mate. Yeah, I mean, I was just reading an article from The Athletic um, talking about post-Brexit football, which looms um, from January the 1st because there's going to be a points-based system for working in this country after January the 1st. Um, And it's interesting to see how it impacts on football because just as with any other type of employment, you're going to need to satisfy certain home office um, criteria, which will include, from the football perspective, length of time, level of play, um, what kind of club you're coming from? Well, they, they've they've created a series of um, you know uh, points based steps that will, um, in very very general terms, will probably favour um, players and managers from what you might call the bigger clubs from the bigger leagues of Europe. It will not be impossible to come into the country and and play football, but what it may do is start to squeeze the very um, kinds of players that maybe you, you know you're touching on there what a, a brazilian and and um i read that the, uh, the danish leagues might not be seen as quite having quite the the kudos of the uh serie r and and then the french division one and all that kind of thing so it might it might squeeze players from locations where you might hope to find a diamond in the rough so to speak so you know that's that's a it's a big question. We'll see how that plays out once these new regulations come into I'd, play. I'd like to, Nick, I'd like to sort of meet these people and recruit them and go, right, what's your process? Where are you looking? What, what are you, I mean... Mate, I'll, I'll, be straight, I'll be straight with you. I, I know Steve Gallen at Charlton, and I know, obviously, you know, people we take the piss out of him and, you know, mm. the spots and all that. But let me tell you something. If it weren't for Steve Gallen, Charlton would be a League Two club. Oh, absolutely. I mean, club, he, they, 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 build a, they build a strong developmental... Well, he, he you know. knows how to recruit a player. He knows how to recruit a player and he knows how to sign a player. I'd say Preston North End from a couple of years ago, a year to two years ago, they were recruiting very, very well. Barnsley recruited well. There's a reason why these teams are sort of in the mid-reaches of the championship. But there's a very common thing. If you look at 24, 23, 22, 21, mm-hmm. the bottom four, yeah, all can't score goals. Yeah. All score goals. Birmingham can't score goals. Coventry have struggled to score goals. I look at, I'm just looking at sort of the four column now. Millwall got 13 goals. Absolutely. Absolutely. 17. And look, Barnsley have scored more, Preston scored more, Huddersfield scored more, Queen's Park Rangers scored more. You've got to go down to Birmingham City in 18 to have scored less. So it's, and, and then obviously you've got those bottom four, Forest, Wickham, Sheffield, Wednesday and Derby. Wickham can't score for shit. Their strikers aren't good enough. Forest, are wasteful. Sheffield Wednesday, they're going to play Tony Villas football and Derby is shit. Very simple. Very, very simple. But I'm worried about those teams in the midriff that are scoring more goals. You're, the likes of your Blackburns, your mm. Boroughs, um, your Lutons, they, they can all score goals on their day. That's I mean, the we, worrying thing about it. Last night, I mean, in, in, in a nutshell, for anyone who didn't see the game, I think we did a great job in containing a quite a dangerous-looking forward-playing Blackburn side. I think overall we did a pretty good job. 
bar that late error by by, by Woods. Um, but the problem, and you've you've hit the nail on the head, and we've hit it on the practically every show we've done this season, is that we ain't scoring any goals. This show today was the first time that I'd logged on just before you and I spoke. I looked at the league table, and for the first time my, my my eyes went downwards to the bottom three to see where we are in relation to I think Wickham. We're about sixteen points off of Wickham at the moment, so you know you can breathe breathe easy on that front. But you're right. This this this. This is um, a major problem. If we don't start scoring goals, um, we're going to have problems. Let's let's hope that um, as the injuries start to come back from the uh, from the sick bed, and that you know, there's a whole particularly a lot of hopes will be pinned on his return and a, an extension to his loan. But it does feel a bit wing and a prayer, doesn't it? Rather than having your own players that you know can at least know where to go to put the ball in the net, and that. The best exponent of that we've got is Matt Smith, who sat on the bench until the 92nd, 90 plus two. Yeah, 90 plus two last night. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's fair to criticise the manager for decision making. I think it's fair to hold individual players. And Ryan Woods is, is a linchpin of the side. Um you know, I, I, I think you 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 captured. He always gives you a feeling of playing at seventy percent. He's never he never looks and feels like he's one hundred percent in the game. He, I don't know how if that's just his his style. Um, and it's all very well being the ginger Pirlo, but if you're just knocking it sideways, as we did a lot through him last night, he's a Michael Carrick, mate. He's a Michael Carrick. We we ain't going nowhere. And he, he's a Michael Carrick. Like the thing is with Ryan Woods, if you look at it he will give you a real top-end game once every five, six games, which is good, but it's not quite, you know, it, it's not quite Carling, you know. No, um, no, I agree. And, I and agree. He, he is that midfielder who is a pass picker. Now, the problem is he's not adventurous enough for his passes to pick out that sort of, you know, that killer final ball in the into the final third. That's why, obviously, I know everyone knows I've got a bit of a love him with Ben Thompson. I just think he's brilliant. But... I just think there's a real distinct lack of creativity. I mean, if I was Millwall now, I'd be looking to go and get three players in the window. Go and get myself a, a midfielder that's going to real can, can change a game. Another winger to 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 take the load of Jeb Wallace and an actual striker. Go and get a striker. You know, three players, and then you, you you're automatically saying this side can challenge for the top six. You know. One thing I want to mention before we close out on this and go to, to Mike's um, insert that I'm going to put into the show, listeners. I just want to mention the referee, Aaron. I think the refereeing was was poor last night. I know we... Yeah. I don't blame the result on the referee, but then when you see online images of... I mean, the handball shouts in real time, it's very hard to see with the, the kind of TV coverage you get through iFollow to see how valid the handball shouts were. They look like they could be when I'm watching on the, on the, on the TV mm-hmm. screen at home. And then you see... You know, images online where there's there's arms up, and you can see that okay, you might dodge one of those, but there was uh, three shouts of handball which weren't given. And earlier in the game, I mean, there was a, it looked like a full scale ice hockey body check on, on Marlon Romeo, which seemed to be play on. You know, and you think where do these referees come in? Where where where? Why is there no? Why is the game? And by this, I mean the EFL, FA, and the Premier League, I suppose, because this goes all the way up to the top. But why is this? poor quality tolerated maybe the Premier League gets a better referee because it's got greater coverage and greater focus but honestly um, the referee last night yes he cost us a goal at least I would say because um, there were good shouts each of them and overall he was just a very very poor referee Um, 
Mate, I, I saw a shit referee Tuesday night. I saw shit referee Tuesday Where night. were you on Tuesday, mate? Was Derby. 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 You know, Derby. Shit referee, shit lino, you know, uh, missed two penalties. You know, there was an offside um, that, that was incorrectly given as well. But then again, we don't want VR, do we? No, we don't. No, and around the circle we go. And um, you know, um, as soon as as soon as you find yourself thinking VAR would have sorted that last night, you know what nightmare that leads to. So no, we can't be having that. I just think it's not too much to expect a better quality of referee. And not every decision is going to go your way. We're we're all men of the world. We understand how it works. But um, he just looked very very second rate. And as you say there, Ryan, you, you know, it, it's, I think every club can probably claim that. So there's a problem. And I think the, the, the games authorities ought to be looking at that rather than some of the things they do focus on. But there we are. There we agreed. Are. Agreed. Shall we switch um, over to Mike and um, come yes, back after hear, the break? Let's hear from Scott. Does he have a jingle? Oh, might do him a jingle, actually. It's the Mike okay. Hayden show. Did, 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 did. Or does does he qualify for the jingle? That's the question. Some um, of the people who have had jingles on this show, I think Mike does. I think he's he's a, he's a mainstay of the site. I don't even have my own fucking jingle. <laughs> I do your jingle. I do your jingle. Never have my own jingle, mate. I can't believe it. <laughs> Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You're listening to Achtung Big welcome on the show to Mike Hayden. And by the miracle of Garage Band, I'm going to insert this as though uh, it was an effortless segue into, into our conversation. Welcome to the show, Mike. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Hello, everyone. Um, I felt really gutted last night, Mike. I, I, I think after 40 odd years of following the Lions, I ought to have gotten used to it by now. But last night just really stung. How did you find last night's defeat, mate? <laughs> yeah, agreed. If drawing five games or so in a row wasn't uh, you know, bad, <sighs> I think this, this was just the final kind of kick in the teeth, wasn't it? To lose it in the last minute like that. Yeah. In a game where I thought, you know, we played 
pretty well. I mean, a lot better than we have done in recent fixtures, I, I thought. Um, but yes, yeah, so ultimately, it'll be really interesting to see how the squad pick themselves up. You know, from this uh, against Derby on Saturday, you know, supposedly we've got these big characters and they've got a really good team ethic and and so forth. So it's time to show it now, uh, and they have to, you know, turn this around against Derby, don't they? Absolutely. I mean, I said to Aaron earlier on, but I'll, I'll, I'll get your view on it. I thought we missed Jake in the centre of defence last night. I thought he's a he's a big loss for the mm. defence. First time in three years, of course, of a, of a, a dislocated shoulder from last week, but. Um, I thought we, I, I thought we, I thought we did a really good job, and and my overwhelming sense when, you know, we went behind late, late, late was what a waste of a lot of graft. I mean, it, I don't know, it just I don't want to sound too tragic on this, but it just really stung for me last night. It is. I think sometimes, you know, you'll concede a last minute goal and think yeah. to yourselves, well, do you know what? We were under the cosh all game. They've scored. But actually, it felt like a pretty even match. Maybe us shading it a little bit at times as well. So that that always makes it feel worse. Um, but yeah, I think defensively, it, it must have been quite strange for the likes of Hutchinson not to see uh, big juicy Jake next to him for the first time in three years or something. Um, yeah. And uh, he, he was definitely, it's just his size, I think, as well, because, you know, Pierce isn't actually the tallest central defender in the world, is he? And um, Jake, no. yeah, he, he was missed. He was missed. It's a reassuring sight in the central defence, Jake. And, and what a brave, I mean, uh, reading before you and I speaking this afternoon, um, he, he would have played last night given half a chance and you've got to take your hat off to that I mean there's, there's a point where bravery becomes <laughs> folly doesn't it but uh, you know he would have turned out last night and I don't think management yep. allowed him to do so so for good reason I think if you dislocate your shoulder then you know you, you need a slight break yeah, I mean, I certainly wouldn't return a few days to football. I think I'd be out for months if I did that. So, uh, no. yeah, no, that's correct. Yep. I mean, the, the story of the night for me is we played well, I thought, Mike, but we didn't create the chances. We had some some good opportunities um, in, in the opposition half, but we didn't really create decisive chances in front of goal. Story of the season, mate, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. And I think Blackburn played themselves into our hands a little bit because for once we went to a team who actually were just you know really attacking well and, open, and you yeah. know they were it was an open game you're correct and mm. um and a lot of sides that we've played recently in thinking about you know Birmingham for one example have sort of just been very tight and sat back and just too almost scared to lose whereas Blackburn you know took the game to us um they and did. actually that that should have fallen into our hands in a way because we sort of look at ourselves as a bit of a counter-attacking side where you know we can soak up pressure and sort of hit them where it hurts so um, and I thought when we equalised, I, I really did feel the way that Blackburn were playing, this would fall into our hands and we would go on, you know, and win win the game. Because yeah. I think specifically Romeo and Malone were getting so much space down each side. Um, and, you know, for the goal, for example, Malone was, had the whole pitch to himself, it felt, uh, to put that away. Um, and, yeah, Romeo was on the ball a, a lot as well and was causing them some, some problems. Um, but, yeah, as you say, uh, it... <laughs> Still, even as that, we were unable to create the, the really good chances. I mean, I, I can't remember thinking to myself, yeah, how have we not scored that shot or header? It was more just the, the point of that final ball again that um, just, just never seemed to come, did it? No, I mean, it's interesting looking at Troy Parrott last night. Obviously, we've all been um, itching to, to get a sight of, the, of, the, of the, the, the boy prodigy. You know, he does look good. He does look yeah. good. I'm going to caveat what I'm going to say now with that. I, 
interested to see what you think, Mike. But I, I, you know, as as good as he looks, the, the, I keep coming back to the point we didn't create enough open chances. And you know, it's it's, it's great he can strike a, a there was a pass at one point, almost a crossfield pass, Johan Cruyff style pass. Mm. Yeah, per you know, great stuff. <laughs> but <laughs> when Matt Smith came in with just two minutes on the on the clock, I mean, suddenly we panic was in the. Um, in the Blackburn mm. Rovers' defence, you know, I, I I know you can't compare them as players. One is a a kid at the start of a hopefully a very promising career at very, the very top level, and one is a an experienced old hand that's done the rounds. But I, you know, unless we're creating chances, all the good football in all of the world doesn't get you anywhere, does it? And I, le- I left with a sense of that last night. Yeah, ag- agreed. I think Troy was excellent. I think there was only one, uh, well, I remember him having a shot which was sort of deflected wide where, you know, a, a hungry 18-year-old is going to shoot there where really Absolutely. Romeo was bombing down the wing and that would have been a better option for him. The only thing that's frustrated me with Parrott a little bit is maybe coming a bit too deep sometimes. And I think this is probably because he's not getting chances in the box because when Smith plays he's basically you're going to stand on their centre half uh, and you know hit him that's mm. that's basically what you do but um, Parrot seemed to you know have a bit more of a, a free roam I, I guess across that sort of you know um, sort of striker area um, mm. and and that comes with its positives and negatives because obviously he's in the game more some nice touches but then he's not always necessarily on the last uh, defender or maybe in that six yard box where you need him uh, not that we would have found him because we just <laughs> yeah anyway but it you know he's a different as you say he's a, such a different style of striker but when you're not creating chances you almost just need that person in there sometimes like Smith who you know if he gets a chance he'll more than likely put it away but, yeah. but you're right I, I like Parrot I think he's he's clearly going to be our number one striker certainly unless um, you know we ever see Zahor again yeah, I mean that would be, it'd be great to see his Kenneth Zahor again in a mill shot. I thought mm-hmm. that was a, the one time that we looked like we had real focus, other than yeah. playing the, the the Matt Smith game, which we you know we, we've spoken about a good few times. Um, I mean, as far as last night was concerned, obviously the game hinged in the end on the error by Ryan Woods. Um, he's a marmite player, Mike, and I you know I I, I I wish I could see some more dynamism at times from him because. You know, he, he he plays this deep role, and I accept that's not the most glamorous of positions. And you know, you're doing the kind of water carrying role there. But um, you just don't. Sometimes, you know, I was checking myself last night. You're uh, saying get the thing forwards, get the move the ball down the other end of the pitch because we're knocking it around in nowhere places. And I, I don't know that that's it's not fulfilling to watch, is it? Let's, let's put it that way. Exactly. Well, I think if you were to analyse, you know, well, how do you score a goal is, you know, you create chances from the, ideally the attacking players. But then if you're not doing that, you, if you're not doing that, you you look backwards, don't you? And, yeah, that's, um, a, that's a good course, Tom. How do you score a goal? Uh, well, well, it is. I'm sort of being, yeah, kind of analytical here for, for once. So, yeah, it's probably uh, not coming across well. But, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, but, but I mean, and then obviously, you know, where does the ball come from? The back, right? And if someone like Woods in there just playing sort of these um, Perlo-esque balls kind of across the field and it's not really going anywhere, that needs to change. Uh, So, you know, I think that does need to be looked at. With with him, you know, he does do some incredible things, which, you know, I remember that little uh, dink over the player. It's a good pass of the ball. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. There was an unbelievable bit of skill um, almost on our... um, 
our um, edge of our box. And I was thinking, well, I'll fucking get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, he'll do some some sort of turn and sort of chipped it over the defender, and it was it was incredible. But when when a player like that tries to play this expansive way. They will make mistakes. And that's why he's in the championship playing for Millwall when he's not at the top of the Premier League side, for example. And when he makes mistakes, it goes tragically fucking wrong. And it did last night. Oh, didn't um, it? Um, yeah. I, that stung. I, I, you know, I, Like I said at the start of the conversation, it, that one hurt last night. Um, it just felt like a waste, waste of hard work all night. And, um, and even then, I mean, even then we made a, a sterling effort to get back in the game. Um, the refereeing was mm. was poor, Mike. I mean, how did you how did you see the referee? I mean, I, I, in real time, I didn't get enough of the of sight of the handball shouts, but the, the the players at the end were actually vehement that that was a handball inside the penalty. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's it's not like a Millwall side to sort of crowd the ref like that at the end either. I don't think certainly this crop of players. So I was thinking to myself, something's happened here. Mm. And and I think it could have been given one of those if, if VAR probably existed in the championship we'd have we'd have had a penalty, um, but I guess you know it's quite difficult to see for the ref I suppose if you know you've got a crowded box but it it did look on ominous didn't it? Um, but then yeah. also thought, M- Murray Wallace it sort of fell to him didn't it and he just sort of headed it straight into the keeper's hands. There w- wasn't a lot of pace on the ball. Um, this was no. in the injury time as well. But I was just thinking to myself. He should have scored there. If he'd have nodded it down, uh, that had gone in. Um, and and it, actually, what was quite interesting, you know, the, the final few minutes, I was just thinking, oh, fucking hell, that's over now. But actually, yeah. we really did try our hardest to get back in it with more urgency and, and, and look dangerous again. And as you say, probably should have had a pen. But, um, yeah, it wasn't to be. No, no. Um, one other thing I just wanted to raise before I let you go. Uh, that bloody fake crowd noise, Mike. Why did they? <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, I, I can't bear it on TV. But at least you get like a red button choice not to have it. But the idea of playing it in a stadium and they turned the volume up whenever Blackburn were on the attack and, and turned it down a bit. I think for the Lions when we went forward. But yeah, honestly, well, uh, yeah, it's terrible. What's it become? Well, I know. Well, I think because we we did do that, didn't we? When we returned for the first time, Millwall, and what did was, we do it. I missed. I missed that. Right. Okay. I think we. Well, no, no. We. I don't think we do it anymore. But we did it. I think for the first game back. Um, of last season, was it Derby? Derby in the heat. Yeah. 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 And um, we we're listening it on I fellow, and I and it was just <laughs> fucking dead. <laughs> it was white just, noise. I, know, our, I mean, our PA system hasn't been upgraded, updated since 1993, Nick, there at the den, and it was awful. But um, it felt me to be so But the players must be thinking to themselves, we know it's fake. <laughs> Everyone it's knows like, it's fake. It's, it's just, how would it ever help? I just, how do you, I mean, just out of interest, I mean, I, I always have to choose the, the authentic noise of the, the players shouting and the, the apologies for mm. the obscenity you might have heard. I've never watched the game willingly. I mean, some. You don't get a choice, but the the fake crowd noise on TV, I, I try and turn it off. Do you, do you? How do you take your TV? Do you do you, do you, do you turn that down, or do you, do you keep the, the crowd noise? Well, I, I would. I wouldn't have the crowd noise, but I mean, I don't. Um, I w- I don't have access to the red button because I think you do it <laughs> okay. on there. So yeah, I'm, can, I'm yeah. buggered to be fair. Oh, Nick. okay, so, okay. Uh, you, you have I, to I want, have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have to have it. So I have to sit through it. But uh, I don't know. You, you, I guess with you just. You're annoyed by it, but in the end, it is what it is, I think. Um, but yeah. at least we're going to see some fans back, um, you know, now. And it was good to see, you know, last night some some fans back yeah. in stadiums. And um, it gave me a little, a few goosebumps, actually, Nick. It felt it felt almost 
powerful. I don't know what it was about it um, in, in other matches anyway, and uh, just felt like we're on that road now to hopefully uh, returning to normality and um, getting a pack then hopefully at some point next year. Fingers crossed. No, well, well said. I, I think it's going to be an emotional um, and it sounds. I sometimes wonder whether I'm being a bit too dramatic in saying it, but I think it will be an emotional moment because it is yes. that sense of a, a return to normality after a, what is going to be nearly a year of um, long, hard um, endurance for a lot of people. So it's great yep. to see it. Um, so fingers crossed it goes well on, on Saturday. Um, big thank you for interjecting today, Mike. I really appreciate it, mate. Um, let's hope for a better outcome Saturday. What's your score prediction, incidentally, for the, the Derby Saturday? Um, I'll go for Millwall two, Derby County one. We've like got to we've got to win at some point, right? I mean, just <laughs> it's got to end this run, hasn't it? Well, at some it's point, got... we have to. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. I, th- I think I think we will. I think I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling. Thank you, Mike Hayden. We're going to get back to Aaron Paul after these messages. These messages. If you're enjoying Afton Mill podcast, then why not help us grow the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts? We'd love it, love it, if you visit the Apple link in the show notes and leave us a rating and a review. Afton Mill is the number one podcast broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey. No show sponsors, no Patreon and no TikTok accounts. Thank you, dear listeners, and as always, Arrivederci Millwall. Right, and we're, uh, we're back. <laughs> are we back? Yeah, we are back. Um, welcome back to uh, the, the Real Millwall franchise. This is Acton Mill. Should we have a look at some comments from the internet? There's one from the Colonel. Do you know the Colonel? Saunders. That's it. Jake Colonel Saunders. Max- I like this one. I like this one. Start more. It's that simple. 256 minutes in. This seven-game winless run just isn't enough. Comfortably, the biggest goal threat at the football club must start Derby 100%. Knowing how shit they are, got to be done. Uh, Jake has hit the nail bang on the head and it's the nail's gone right into the woods because... I don't get how your 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 main goal scoring threat can sit on the bench to um to the level that, that Matt Smith does. Um we've made that point already, won't make it again, but Matt um Jake Sanders captures that um perfectly, as does Jim Hackett, who's not happy with that loss. Uh to give a chance away like that when in possession and in no danger is criminal. The defence have done that quite a few times during the game and got away with it with poor possession though. Bastards, he says. <laughs> Something is a cry for a cry from the heart. Um, and Kevin Fuller asked the same question as Jake: What has Matt Smith done wrong? He calls his problems whenever he gets on. Um, managers are a strange breed, Aaron, aren't they? They they have their set Man- thought processes and don't seem to veer away from it. Odd. Yeah, but they're effective in some ways, aren't they? Look at the Big Sam's, the Tony Pulises of this world. They're effective. Maybe, and maybe the opposite to that is what I would be is probably caught in two minds all the time, and that'd probably be no no good to man or beast. Um, t- TD disagrees. I, I critiqued Ryan Woods, and TD totally disagrees with me. Um, he says Ryan Woods is the only player who demands the ball when others are in possession. The only one um, kicking players to stop the counter, whether he gets booked or not, so he's providing the physical presence. Um, the players ahead of him need better movement for him to flourish. One mistake doesn't make a bad player. I I I get where you're going with that, TD. I I I think you're right about movement going forwards. He, he can only play balls to players who are showing and, and on offer. And I think 
that is an area that um, you know we need to do better at. But um, it's, Ryan Woods is a Marmite figure, and um, you know I'm sure the the listeners will be screaming their own views of Ryan Woods at this at the speaker as as we read these um, these points out. Um, do you want to close with Matt Joy's point, Aaron, about Ryan Woods? Yeah, uh, Woods is a good player. Yes, he can pick out a great pass, switch the play in seven times out of ten. He's normally composed, but he's no good in a midfield two. Ball winning and a box-to-box work isn't him as a player. We need to play 4-3-3, in my opinion, to justify Ivan Woods as a player. Basically, he's fucking Michael Carrick. Basically. <laughs> That's not meant as a compliment, is it? Michael Carrick. <laughs> Uh, fans at the den, Nick. Yes, fans are going to come back. Unfortunately, I can't be there with you, listeners. But um, great, um, great news to see fans back at football generally. I, 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 um, Radio Derby rang me yesterday to do a little pre-match thing, and they were asking about fans back at the den. Um, and you know, I, I think that it's just great for the for the for the sport. It's great for the country to start to see some normality coming back. Um, we're not out of the woods generally with COVID, but it's it's a good to see some some chinks of light at the end of a long tunnel now. So, no, um, I think it's the club have worked really hard to make this happen, and I think it's um, you know it's hats off to to Mill Football Club. We've had a couple of full storms over the course of the summertime, and now to see this is um, is a really welcome moment in the game. Have you been to any games where the fans returned yet, Aaron? Have you, well, have you... I, I, I went to one about three months ago at Norwich City where they had a thousand fans. A thousand people, yeah. Uh, I went to Cambridge United, they had a thousand through the door, but I'm at Norwich again this weekend when they got two thousand. Okay. Uh, Carrow Road, they're playing Sheffield Wednesday. Um, so, interesting. I, I did think I was going to be heading down to the Den, uh, but no, it's Carrow Road for me on, on, on Saturday. Um, mm. It'll be exciting to see him, but it'll be exciting to him. But I don't know if anyone else picked up on um, some of the comments from the South London press last night. Lee Bowyer criticising the Charlton fans for being too quiet. It was quite funny, actually. Uh, how could I miss that? How could I miss that? It's the only thing that cheered me up last night, listeners, was Lee Bowyer digging out the 2,000 fans at the valley that were allowed in. I thought they'd um, be, be a bit more louder, really. I, th- <laughs> I think Lee Bowyer's got a career in the diplomatic service. I sent him out to the, the I Middle East. On Sky. He was shocking on Sky the other day. Oh dear! I mean, he's, he's he's obviously a figure of some fun at the dead at the best of times. Um, but I, I don't I don't understand football managers at times. Um, you've got two thousand fans. I mean, parking all allegiance to one side as a club that's been through um, its its own version of a nightmare. Then you've got the COVID, and then finally legislation. Not 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 the fans. It's this this is legislation allows two thousand back, and he finds it. You know, in uh, he finds they weren't making enough noise for him. I, th- I don't know. Stupid is uh, as stupid does. I think Forrest Gump said that, didn't they? Not stupid. sure at all about that. Um, <laughs> Derby, 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 Derby. Wayne uh, Rooney's Derby. Wayne Rooney's uh, W R D C. Wayne Rooney's Derby County. This is going to be interesting. I, I really, 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 really think it's imperative to beat these lot because, put simply, they're shit. You know, they, they they play a game for about an hour and then they just lose their bottle completely. Um, well, I, you know, I thought last night, I mean, Blackburn aren't shit. They're, they're a decent side coming at us, but they were, they were get attable uh, in defence. And when we did get at them, we created some good play without any clear-cut chances. So there's there's a thing that we need to focus on, but certainly the overall play last night for Mill was was better, better than some of the other draws that we've had recently. 
Um, oh, and incidentally, whoever came up with that meme of um, the, the, the Jaws movie poster with um, Gary Rowett as the shark and saying oh, draw, Draws, I think that was very good. Tr- very good. Truly genius. So that's off to the, uh, whoever did that. Um, but no, I think if we attack them and, and don't sit there like we're, you know, AC Milan playing Inter in the Milan derby or something, trying not to give anything away, then we, we, we can create. And I think we've got players to do that. And we've got players to exploit it if we play the right formation and the right personalities, e.g. Matt Smith. Um, because, you know, God knows we, we, we could do with a win, couldn't we? That would be seven games on Saturday. So, um, no, I, I, I think Derby are clearly in, a, in trouble. You look at the league table, um, all joking aside about Wayne Rooney, he's got a big management task in front of him there, Aaron. I, I don't know what I, I, I mean, look, I, I was on sort of Rooney watch, if you like. And and he... <laughs> interesting, because Rosinia, Justin Walker and Shea Given were stood behind him and they were screaming and shouting at every decision. And Rooney was just silent on the touchline. He was like, when they're sort of a... Uh, a, a one well a two meter by by one meter box on his technical area just you know sort of just cut do, do you think he's i mean you know you follow a club that's seen some truly great managers i mean some of the best there have been but i mean i, I don't know that wade rooney's management material i i oh. wondered i wondered about lampard at chelsea but he seems to be pulling it together a little bit at chelsea but Really, I mean, can you see Wayne Rooney as a manager? Coaching experience. Let's be fair. The man they should have gone for was Rosinia. The man they should have gone for was Liam Rosinia. If you were insisting on, on, um, you know, if you're insisting on bringing someone in, sort of like from within, it's got to be Rosinia. He's the most experienced there. But right now, all they're looking at Derby is the takeover. Now, if I was a yeah, Derby, yeah. I'd be sitting there shitting myself going, is this takeover going to happen before January? Wayne Rooney keeps saying it's 48 hours away, it's 48 hours away, it's 24 hours away, it's 48 hours away. When he's been saying that for the past two, three weeks now. And, yeah. And, but... You know, you know, it's just, it's a very, very, very weird state of events there. Colin Cousin Richards, though, just just to say, like, he scored his first goal in English football for seven years. Coming up seven years, um, uh, uh, coming up to eight years. In fact, I think seven years and eleven months. Seven years and eleven months. Who's um, decent, decent player, Cassie Richards? I mean, do you know what? He's an absolute live wire. Technically, very, very good. And and the truth of the matter is, against Coventry, Derby just they they were poor in the way they approached him. They didn't play to his strengths. Lump it forward and play it to him. Um, but one thing about them, they've got a mistake in them. They've really got mistakes in them, Derby. This is an opportunity for Millwall to kick on and go, you know what, let's sort this run out. Go, grab three points, job done. That's it. Um, anything on the old kit clash last night, Nick? Did you have to oh, get... Oh, kit clash. Where do these... Who's... I, I put this online. Only one person said oh, it's not a problem. But how can you not have a white and blue half shirt side playing a green and white? blue uh, half side and it not be called a kick clash I don't get it I mean green and blue are not far apart on the spectrum are they and um, I, you know at times you know I, 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 why can't you just have a, like a yellow shirt or a red shirt or an orange shirt or any, any shirt but one that is distinctly different to your opponent um, I don't understand modern football I think maybe I'm getting too old for this game Aaron I think I'm getting too old to, you have to change your readers and your very vocals <laughs> 
I don't think it would have made any difference. I mean, genuinely, I mean, I, I want to put it to the, to the listeners because, um, you know, I, I always thought that you had to have a distinctly different coloured shirt. I thought there was some kind of rule in football. Maybe they relaxed it to allow sponsorships and whatnot. Nice. But, <sighs> really? Yeah, green and blue plays white and blue. Who knows? Um, oh, Nick, I know, I know, Michael, uh, Michael Wavery is going to be absolutely positively shitting himself. Well, he's shops open again. Yeah, he's he's posted that the club shop has reopened. Um, I presume that's going to be a socially distant shopping experience on 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 Saturday with two thousand there. Um, but in time for the Christmas rush. So yeah, I, I'm hoping that Michael will give us the full rundown on the very very top. Products available at the moment. Well, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. But when is he next on, Nick? Is he? Is he coming? Um, up? A couple of weeks' time, I think, Michael. I think we've well, got. That's the thing. I'm. What I'm looking forward to is actually finding out what the Christmas bargains are. What What's <laughs> we had from the Millwall Club shop? <laughs> treble chance. Treble chance with Gary Rowlett. <laughs> Gary Rowlett. <laughs> I mean, I'm. I, I. I want that red kit. I'll be honest with you. For Christmas, I want that red kit. Red kit's all right. Why weren't we wearing the red kit last night? That, I mean, red and white I against. That, I, don't, I don't know. I want the oh, red awesome. mountain kit. Uh, any other business, Nick? Uh, no, we forgot to do the um, the Akdung Akka. We forgot it. I forgot it. So oh. I f- forgive me, listeners. We'll try and get that together for the weekend. We'll try and get some money. And I've not even looked at the um, uh, the the, uh, the the fantasy football oh, league. I'll whip that up. I'll bring that up. I haven't even looked at it. I don't even know. I don't care anymore about the fantasy football give some, league. Give us a minute about the fantasy. Wait there. It's just loading up. <laughs> uh, last week was a, t- a tough week a very very tough are week. you still actively altering your teams are you still yeah, doing it you are um, right. let's start from the bottom uh, <laughs> low masses lager Nick <laughs> uh, he's got 300 Nick you're quite cut adrift down the bottom <laughs> I'm the Wiccan Wanderers of the group here. Right? Yeah, you're cut, you're cut at the bottom. That's because you've got Meza Urzel, who's not even registered <laughs> Luca Dean who's injured for the <laughs> Um, yeah, the, the boys are a bit handicapped at the moment. The boys are a little bit. Well, Nick, I think I need to give you some advice. Right? We need to get you off the. Board. I need to work. I need to work out how to make a transfer and get other players in. But I keep... um, Mickey Avery, I need more Carrick. Uh, <laughs> he's currently sitting. Oh, he's 59th out of 70. Uh, who else we've got? Paul. Let's. I mean, let's shout out Paul Herbert. Any holes a goal? Yep. He's a <laughs> name. What a great name for a team. <laughs> uh, um, let's have a look who else. Oh dear. Uh, da, 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 da. Michael Hayden, Raul at your boat FC. At <laughs> 70, he's got 542 points. Fair play to you, mate. Yeah, Fair good. Play. It was a good performance. Uh, Frankie Christo's in there. Shout out Frankie. Yep. Mate Richard Mofa's in there. Hello, Rich. XG unit, Ryan Loftus. Ryan, the XG That's man. Number nine. Who's really? Harry Warren? I think Harry's, Harry's probably in the hospital at the moment. Oh, Char- Charlie Warren's here, 30th. Change, change. Charlie's doing all right. Good big shout out to Charlie. Charlie's yep. in at 30th. Yep. Shout out yep. Charles. Oh, Harry, 52. Bielsa Bucketman, he's 52nd. Is he? Out of... Um, out of out of uh, uh, out of seventy, let's go over the top ten. So you have got delusional Davis at ten, XG unit at nine, Ying or Bama Yang at eight, FD Stuttrecht, that's Stuart Ward at seven, Tian Busquets at six, yeah. Spamdemic at five, Andrew Neil is that the BBC fellow with the wig? Must be, must be. Right, FC <laughs> Berchetti at four, Well Hyung, yeah, <laughs> in at three. Moy division at two on 620 points. Yep. Coming in top, 
the big bear brownie. You do pay attention to this, don't you? I'm top of one, two, three, four, five. I'm top of five leagues at the moment. Oh, mate. Every time I look at fantasy football listeners, I feel like a fairy is dying somewhere in, um, you know, <laughs> in the <laughs> Disney show. castle. So I can't be bothered with uh, it. It's the, it's the first show I've actually given it a bit of attention. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly, my old tactic was to set up a team at the start of the season. I'd like to spend like an hour on it. No, forget about it. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that that's where it's all gone yeah, wrong. I forget my login. But this year, like, I've been probably pushed by some mates to get involved. So I've got involved and and, and it's going all right. You know, it's, it's ticking over quite nicely. What pri- Do we have a prize, Nick, for, for whoever wins? Well, we'll have to, well if, as soon as you're leading, we'll probably ought to come up with a prize for you at some point. Fucking right, we do. I yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have a mull on that. Once, Hopefully, by the time we get to the end of the season, the, the pub will be open again. So we can probably um, ply you a drink um, or something. In a couple of weeks, we'll be bringing back Christmas Tahiti. I hope as well, Nick. Yeah, I've got that on on the on the uh, on the desktop here, so we'll be playing that ASAP, mate. Absolutely, nice one, absolutely. Nice one, nice one. Um, yeah, how's it going to go at the weekend, pal? I fancy a Mill Golf Fest. I'm going to go Mill Two. No, I guess I'm Mill Three. Derby Nil. I was going to go exactly the same, you know. Were you? Well, I'll go two nil. We go three nil. I was going to go Mill Three Derby Nil. I just, I just really am hoping that. You know, obviously, a goal Rab- explosion is waiting Rab- to happen at the den. Rowett coming back into his old side, I hope. And, and Rowett will come on the, on the and he'll be giving it some to say the Achtung Mill show. I told you exactly Listen. two fingers up, <laughs> absolutely two fingers up to the actor. And we um, take it, yeah. we love it. There you go, we love it. We love it. Um, Nick, thank you very much, mate. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, Thank you to you for listening. Uh, My name's Aaron Ball. He's Nick Clark. This is Acting Mill, the real Millwall fan show. Until next week, bye for now. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Acting Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. A reverdiction Millwall. Till next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.